0: Patriots Monday and Friday, 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Here
1: we go, now holler if you hear me though, it's the Rich Keith Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith show on your radio. You're he to hear the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker, dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. Scoops. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dorg, and the father of two sweet daughters. The leader of your squad for you, evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight, six to ten, more like six. 6 to midnight, Al, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew, Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too, doing this since the Rich Keith Project, now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content, K W F E on W-E-E-I, it's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy.
0: 10 second difference, game clock shot, clock Curry spinning, corkscrew moves, and no,
1: Basketball. Well, that's what it sounded like on TNT last night. Welcome to the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on a Wednesday night where it's a full tank program, so uh, you can join us at any time, 617-779-7937, but uh, Fitzy, the road trip began for the Boston Celtics taking on the Golden State Warriors and in the third quarter, had themselves a 17-point lead. A lot of people here on the East Coast might have said, that's good, good enough for me. I'll see you in the morning, only to wake up to find out that they lost in overtime to Steph Curry and the Warriors. Fitzy, how are you? Rich, you know,
2: in regards to the game, I'll get to that in a minute. I was just uh, speaking with your assistant prior to going live on the the FM band here. And I got to tell you, from what I saw in the rundown, this could possibly be the most packed four-hour show outside of... Our draft special ever. Just you're welcome to the gills. This is to the gills. The, this here the gills, this here, show. This yeah. is this is Santa's
1: bag. Correct. It is
2: just overflowing oh, yeah. with goodness and mm-hmm. toys and gifts for all the little boys and girls.
1: But Warriors, I mean, when you're up 17 and Steph Curry's in foul trouble, like that's a choke job. They blew this. They blew, they blew the game. And before we get any calls about like wow, they're still 20 and six, and like yeah, you guys about, are compl- yeah, yeah. negative media complaining about the best team no, in the NBA. You again. gotta you gotta call it out when it's happening. We did it last year, and I was I and many other people were nervous about Joe Missoula as the season really after they hit that first rocky patch right around the All Star break. And we were questioning timeouts, and we were questioning how they were using their rotation, especially in the fourth quarter. And it ended up coming back to bite them. And now this year, yes, they're twenty and six. Although they're six and six on the road, they're fourteen and zero at home. Yeah. But you're up seventeen against a Golden State Warriors team, which this ain't your older brother's Golden State Warriors, by the way. This,
2: they're scuffling they, this year, dude.
1: Yeah. Not, not only are they scuffling, they have one great player right now. Steph Curry is still killing it. Somehow, at his age, it is kind of whatever's left of Clay Thompson. You'll get a good night. You'll get a bad night. Uh, you know, it's Draymond Green suspended. You got the corpse of Chris Paul. Like I'm not all that impressed. Kevin Looney is like what he is. Andrew Wiggins, like I, and he was banged up. He was coming off injuries too. But it's not a great team. They're below 500. It's only Curry, and so when you have a 17 point lead. And Curry picks up his fifth foul. How do you not win that game? and I understand that it's you know it's game 26 and we're still in December, but that's a, that was a choke job. like they had that game. they should have won that
2: game so you're going away with a near 20 point lead against yep. a team that you need to start stacking dubs against at home or on the road because of what you went through a year and a half ago in the NBA Finals. They're bloodied, they're bruised, they're undermanned. And you've got a chance to ice it, basically, and show that this 23-24 Celtics team is a different beast. And they go back to the same issues. Now, I know usually it's a third-quarter falter, and then they try to come back in the fourth. Good point. Now it's a a hot third. And then they just completely abandon ship in the fourth. You let Steph Curry heat up. You leave him wide open for multiple uncontested threes with the game on the line, allowing the game to get to overtime, which is mind-blowing to me. Jason Tatum on another massive primetime stage with a lot of eyes, even if it is a West Coast starting time. On this likely MVP frontrunner, mm-hmm. he comes through with fifteen. I know what does he got an ankle issue right now? Yeah, he's out
1: tonight. He's got he's a surprise. Yeah, ankle okay. injury. Yeah, yeah.
2: Fifteen points only for him. Yes, I understand the ankle was bothering yeah, yeah. him, and you what? get no Tatum Still. tonight. Uh, but geez, man, like this is one of those games you gotta have. Mm-hmm. Like you, the 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 same problems keep coming back. Over and over again. They get lackadaisical with a lead. There's no killer instinct. Derek White is not supposed to be your top scorer against uh, a team like the Golden State Warriors or on most nights, period. And, Rich, it's, it's it's truly amazing how teams like the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors can be at their worst in relation to how good they've been over the past decade. And yet still, every time they see the Celtics... They go from basically being Bruce Banner to the Hulk. It's
1: unbelievable. Yeah, no, it is It is pretty crazy. And so, you know, uh, I think uh, a frustrating night. And, you know, they missed a lot of layups. Like, there was a lot of, you know, shots in the paint that they missed. That was a problem. Missoula talked about it after the game. They also missed, are you ready for this, a franchise record 41 threes. They didn't, didn't, take, one, threes. They didn't take 41, Fitzy and Listeners everywhere. How many they, did they take? They missed 41. They took 58. Jesus. Jesus,
2: H. What are we doing?
1: So I also... This isn't even basketball. No, and I'm not, like... I always push back on, like, the all they do is take threes, because, like, yeah, like, the whole league takes a lot of threes. But they're every time they lose, it's the quickest thing to point to, and it is so true. Like, they just stick with it. N- not all games are the same. And, like, I think Missoula, and we've made fun of some of his comments in the past, and, like... You know, he's always talking about, like, percentages and, like, decimal points. And, like, he is a baseball manager coaching in the NBA. Like, he is so stat-based, it's wild. But, like, not all games are the same. Like, and that's why, you know, I always make fun of, like, the Billy Beans and these guys that, like, literally don't watch the game. And they just, like, take a look at the box score afterwards, crunch the numbers, and they kind of move on. Where, like, the Celtics have had, like, epic collapses in certain quarters, right? Like, a disaster third quarter off at night. So like, last night it was a bad fourth quarter and a bad overtime. But then they'll pull up the stats and be like, well, for the game, player X did this, so, like, what are you going to do? And you're like, yeah, but what about when the wheels were falling off? Like, how come you didn't stop it? Or how come you didn't change something? And so I think Missoula was one of my big question marks going into the season. It was really Porzingis' health and uh, yeah. Missoula were the two big question marks. And sort of, like, with the Missoula questioning is this over reliance on the three ball? Like, it is insane. Also, a team that they don't shoot it great. Like, that's one of my problems, too. Is like, this team isn't Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, or like, you know, Larry Bird, Craig Hodges, and uh, Pedro Stojakovic. Tatum is shooting 34.5% from three, Jalen Brown's shooting 339 They They take the most on the team. Mm-hmm. Porzingis is at 33%, Drew Holiday is at 38, Al Horford's at 36. He had a good year last year, but he's back down to 36 this year.
2: He had a big one last night.
1: He did. Uh White and Hauser are the two guys that are that are kind of carrying your overall percentage, which still isn't in the top half of the league. So for a team that is so reliant on the three-point shot, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a strength of theirs. Now, if Sam Hauser hits uh Three pointer last night. He did and I mean, take uh, what in the fourth quarter. F- he was over four from three, I believe, and yeah, it was like stat, back to back. Final stat line: yeah. twenty
2: one minutes, three rebbies, one asked, zero <laughs> puntos, zero yeah, points. Now that's going to happen some nights, but I don't know if he was just cold, uh, if they defended him a certain yeah. way, just didn't have it. Whatever it may, whatever it may be, you can't count on him to have zero points other no. nights. It's a good overall game from Jalen Brown. Like I said, Derek White, the guy who seems like. If someone's asking me, who do you think is the most clutch member of these Celtics, or who do you trust with the game on the line, I'll trust the guy that forced Miami to go to Game 7 mm-hmm. and who showed up biggest last night as well. I, Again, I understand Tatum was injured, but like imagine the morale booster it would have been going into the a back-to-back now when you're a road dog against Sacramento knowing, yeah, okay, maybe that's not the best version of the Golden State Warriors that you'll see, but you went on the road with a hobbled Tatum, and you got the job done these are the steps that the 23-24 Celtics need to take as opposed to regressing back to the mean yeah. of their inability to close out and finish games.
1: And because they do present so many like mismatches to opponents and they have so many like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are great scorers. Porzingis could be a great scorer. Like that's three guys that could fill it up, and they don't need to rely on the three to be able to do it. And like, yes, it's part of their game and great, but they don't need to rely on it as much as they do. Like it's the philosophy, but I don't know if the pieces all align with that. So, like, just to drive back the or, or further drive home the point, they take take more threes than anybody else in the league. They average the most three attempts, okay, and yet they're seventeenth in percentage. So well, that should tell you you probably yeah. that this hard headed approach,
2: this obstinate Joe Missoula, we need to take more threes approach isn't working. Now, who's going to be the person from management to his number of high-level, experienced assistant coaches who's going to have the stones to come up to him and say, Joe, we might want to rethink this whole three-point. Like, like we don't even be, have a guy who shoots 40%. Right.
1: Like, would it be Brad? Like, Brad shot. Brad's teams took threes. I mean, I Emile mean, Doka's teams obviously took a, a lot of threes. Like, I'm trying to think back. Not as many, right? Like, I, I think... When Udoka was here, what two years ago? Let me pull this up. They were like, let's see, maybe eighth, ninth, ninth or tenth in threes attempted, like mm-hmm. a, compared to the rest of the league. So I mean, that number has even skyrocketed from there. And you figure, all right, well, Missoula is one of the few guys who is an assistant under both Brad and Udoka. So he's sort of maybe is taking a little bit of both of their game, but then kind of like it's it's that approach on steroids. though. like, let's let's take all right. the threes. Let's just huck threes. All over the place. And so we're not even good at it. No, no. And I'm telling you, this this Warriors team, it's crazy. Like, when Curry has five fouls and you have a big lead, the game should have been over. Five years ago, you still got to worry about Kevin Durant. You got to worry about Klay Thompson, even Draymond Green, or, you know, when they had a the guy like Jordan Poole. Who could, they got nobody else. Like, that Mm-mm. thing, it falls off a cliff this year when, when it's not Curry. So whether he's on the bench or playing defensively with five fouls, like, that should be it. Game should be over. So frustrating way uh, way to start their road trip, which again, uh, and Justin Turpin who covers uh, the Celtics for weei.com, He's going to join us at eight thirty. I want to get his take on the home road splits too. Again, fourteen and zero, and then six and six. So
2: that They're is the Dallas. You know what it is, Rich? What's that? I think I'm going to cross sports momentarily, which I know sometimes uh, gets you sent to timeout corner. But true, the Boston Celtics are turning into the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. Oh no! Unbeatable at home really struggle on the road
1: yeah and like some days you're there's just lap in the field and then other days you're like oh that's why there are red flags with the team yeah
2: yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think that's I actually think that's a bit of an apt comparison right now and it until is. they prove otherwise it's true then it feels that then it feels appropriate
1: as 50 said, we have a jam-packed show we are starting Celtics if you want to get in on that I'm also curious what people are looking for in the final three games of the Patriots season of course Christmas Eve night taking on the Denver Broncos. That game is fast approaching. Uh, Rob Bradford's going to join us at 7.20, talk the latest of Yamamoto and everything else in baseball, and uh, our guy Terp at 8.30. So all that on the way with you as well at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending.
0: The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
3: Branding brought to you by Awaken 180. The Celtics lost their first of a four-game road series last night to the Warriors. Steph Curry hit a soul-crushing three with 10 seconds left to help the Warriors pull off a come-from-behind win, 132-126 to in overtime. Jalen Brown spoke after the game on the Celtics' struggles on the road.
4: I mean, uh, I think just playing at home, playing in front of your home crowd in your own bed, I think that definitely helps. But, you know, teams on their home floor, they feel just as good as we do. Um, So tonight, uh, we took their best shot and came up short.
3: Celtics in Sacramento tonight to take on the Kings tip-off at 10 p.m. Jason Tatum out with a left ankle sprain. Al Horford is out for some rest, and Luke Cornette. ...out with a left adductor strain. Bruins also lost to the Minnesota Wild last night 4-3 to at the TD Garden. It was a back-and-forth affair that ended when Joel Erickson found Kirill Kapritzoff for a one-timer and the game-winning goal. Bruins back on the ice Friday night when they'll be in Winnipeg to face the Jets. Puck drop at 8 p.m. And the Patriots continue to get ready to head to Denver to take on the Broncos Sunday night. Kickoff at 8 p.m. Hunter Henry, Connor McDermott, Jabril Peppers, and Ramondre Stevenson did not participate in practice today few other players on limited participation those players included christian barmore juan bentley Trent brown jonathan jones matthew slater juju smith schuster and jelani tavai awaken 180 weight loss learn how awaken 180 has a 98 percent customer satisfaction rating proven results when you choose the solution for weight loss at awaken 180 i'm stizz that's what's trending now on wei and wei.com more rich keith show coming up
0: you can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEI.
1: Back here on the Rich Keith Show with Fitzy here on WEI. We are less than a week until Christmas.
2: You hear this one at my house every day.
1: Uh, this is a good one. Yeah. I mean, There's nothing wrong with this one. Mid-60s,
2: the great Booker T and the MGs, uh, they have the famous song Green Onions. Their Christmas album is just, it's just 35 all, minutes. Yeah.
1: All toe tappers.
2: All, all instrumental yeah. toe tappers. Yeah. Minimalistic, joyous
1: yeah. AF. Sometimes less is more. You know, you put this on in the background, you can do other things, you can focus on other things, and yet you're very much in the spirit. So I enjoy that very much. Uh, Celtics opened up their road trip when they lost in overtime to the Golden State Warriors. It also snapped a five-game winning streak that they had. Their road trip rolls on tonight against the Sacramento Kings. No Tatum, nor no Horford, no Murder Cornet. So you're down uh, the new big three right there. And then on Saturday, they are taking on the Clippers. And then Christmas Day at 5 o'clock, the uh, L.A. Lakers.
2: That's a tough. This is not an easy stretch for the team no, that really. is clinging to the best record in the NBA. I'll, I'll sure. be only a third of the way through the season. Now, yeah. Earlier, you were mentioning about something uh, along the lines of the, the three-point shooting percentage of the various stars on the team. Yes, Yes, of course. You don't have, like, you would trust, I know you would. Anybody with their head screwed on right would trust Damian Lillard with the game on the line to shoot a three-point shot from just outside the arc to 45 feet away to 65 feet away. Right,
4: right.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. There are multiple players on multiple other teams I feel that Celtics fans would trust to take the game winning shot with the game on the line that shoot much better threes and they don't shoot as many as the Celtics
1: do. Well and how I, many times too have we seen when the Celtics have had the game on the line and they're down by one? Or they're down by two and maybe they're going for the win, but even when they're down by one, I think I feel like it's been multiple times where they'll settle for a three. And it might be somebody like Jalen Brown doing it and you're like, well, wait, what? Like why why is that the best shot that
2: you can come up with? Oh no, last no, I'm so glad I'm so glad you pivoted to that because that was what I wanted to say right from Jump Street. Yeah. How in Hades right. did the Celtics let the the lead slip away? And it's tied up. Uh, Steph hits that monster three. The Celtics still have like eight seconds left to bring the ball up the court. Why in Red's rolling <laughs> grave? Yeah, I don't know. Why in the name of the chipped up pieces of parquet would it be Iso Tatum for seven seconds and then a fall away three from the, like from the air? It's I, wild. I, I, If people must have just been throughout New England wherever they root for the Celtics, screaming at their flat at their OLEDs, God was that infuriating.
1: No, it's nuts. I mean, they they definitely want to take threes. They're going to take threes. That's not going to change at at any time. And there are guys like that can get hot. Like Tatum can get hot. Tatum can have a big night. But we've also seen plenty of nights where you look at the box score, Tatum might have thirty points, but he was one of seven from three. Right? Like it's not always the the best shot for him. But yeah, they're they're obsessed with it. They're gonna they're gonna keep doing it. Right now, Derek White, Sam Hauser are the guys that are making them at a really good clip. A couple of guys probably more like league average and then a bunch of guys below league average. I mean, hell, they're not in the top half of the league in three-point percentage. So that is something. And it'll be interesting tonight without Tatum, you know, how they, they go about it. And even without Horford, I know it's a back-to-back. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I mean... We'll see how that goes. Uh, as for the Patriots, they uh, they are going to be next in action against the Denver Broncos this uh, Sunday evening. What, if anything, like they've been eliminated, straight up mathematically eliminated now for a while. You and what? I and many others. Yeah. Shocking. Are, you know, looking at the draft pick, looking at, you know, all these college guys and trying to figure out where they're going to land in the draft. But as far as on field and and, and looking forward to 2024, is there anything that really jumps out to you like what you're going to be looking for in each one of these games uh down the stretch? Uh
2: at this point now Rich, uh, we are in my estimation, we're well past wanting to see some players develop and become the stars, the 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 tent poles, the building blocks for 2024 and we we have a pretty decent idea of who they're going to be. Yeah. Uh I I'm pretty much in okay, it's just time for it to be over like the, the what am I watching for? Honestly, the number one thing: don't blow the second pick in the draft.
1: Yeah, seriously.
2: I mean, I'm. I'll I'll always be, as a fan, it is your. I believe it is your charge and responsibility to always have what is in the best interest of the team in mind. And yes, you should never root openly or overtly against your team. That being said, right now, with so many needs on this team, yeah,
1: you gotta go big picture.
2: You gotta go big picture. Yeah. Whether now, whether it's, I, I dropped a picture today of. Caleb Williams on Facebook and, and Instagram, just like FanDuel had done a little mock up of him in a Patriots zero jersey, right? Oh, imagine a so cool. quarterback wearing the zero. That'd be badass. Holy smokes. Ba- that jersey, you wouldn't be able to, like, the pro shop would be like, we're making up for the last three years <laughs> yeah. of absolutely no size. Caleb Williams zero? Oh. oh. So, I got to sit mock. down just thinking about it. Jeez. Wow. It is ice. Ah. See, thank you. And I was into it too. Yeah, that's so nice. I dropped it before the show specifically yeah, just yeah. so I could get a feel. For what lunatics like myself and other rabid yeah, patch fans who drink out there. their breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> were thinking, I would response? say two thirds of them. So the question I asked was you are the New England Patriots. Yep. You have the first or the second pick. Caleb Williams is available at either spot and he's available to you. Yay or nay? Two thirds, nay. Two thirds, nay. Two thirds, nay, nay, nay.
1: So I'm actually believe it or not, I guess, you know, gun to my head, gun to my uh privates, I, I would say I want Marvin Harrison still. Like Marvin Harrison's the guy. Over, that Caleb, I want. over the quarterback. Yeah, number one number one pick in the draft, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. I know I'm out there on my own. I think he's gonna be the best pro. I also think based on what you have, I think the best wide receiver in the draft, and if you put him with a average to slightly above average quarterback, your results would be better. Than with Caleb Williams throwing to Tyquan Thornton and Devonte Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster, and I know they're going to redo the 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 core. I'm just I'm saying I think we've seen examples like this year's Patrick Mahomes, 2019 Tom Brady. You're still going to win a pile of games. You're still going to be in every game because those guys are so uniquely talented. But, man, they look a lot different when they got bums out there trying to catch passes versus when they have studs out there trying to catch passes.
2: But the, And they also look a whole hell of a lot different when they have a quarterback in the first half who is capable of playing lights out uh, for two whole quarters of football and then turns into a pumpkin True. in the second half. It's True. not zappy, like we're saying Monday. It's not zappy hour anymore. It's zappy half hour.
1: <laughs> so you better get your deals in while you can. You better get, yeah. you go up there, walk away three, four drinks if they're letting you. Uh, no, that's fair. Like, I get it. Like, it's not a sure slam dunk either way. And no. I, I'd be happy with Caleb Williams. I would be. I just think Marvin Harrison, I remember last year at this time being like, man, if this guy was coming out of the draft, that's who I would want now. You know, like, he was so good. He just wasn't draft eligible yet. Right. But yeah. so, when, so well, yeah. when people were saying on your in your timeline that they didn't want Caleb Williams, did they want somebody else or were they like trade sure. down? Like, what the hell Let's do see. they want?
2: 344. Uh, comments on Facebook and about another 500 on Instagram, and so it takes a minute to go through them it's, all. It's going to take a second, but <laughs> no, the majority of them and the fans. Uh, it was it was a combination of one too many character concerns. I'd want a a wellness check. This guy freaks me out about. Uh,
1: he does have a couple of like red flags, but I think as far as like there is no perfect prospect, there is no perfect <laughs> player. Uh,
2: no, a lot of. A lot of I would prefer Marvin Harrison Junior okay, if he does well, finally declare I don't hate because that. I think he's a more sure thing. Yeah. So you've got a lot of fans That's saying fine. we have multiple that. needs. I'd rather I'd rather go traditional with the tackle or give me Marvin Harrison, because at least we finally can't whiff on a number one pick, a wide receiver, or in this case both. Yeah. I just think I understand that there's a risk factor involved with Caleb Williams, but I've seen what he can do at the peak of his game. Was a good college coach he had, offensive minded with Lincoln Riley, mm-hmm. but I understand Pats fans' fears, but holy smokes! If you if you want to see what the best of contemporary NFL could look like, I Caleb Williams could be him.
1: Yeah, no, I'd be I'd be thrilled. Like I my re, like our reaction last year to when they drafted Christian Gonzalez would be the same if they drafted Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams. Like I think that is sort of the building block <laughs> to where you're going forward. And then what you got to do though is. They're going to have a really high second-round pick, and it's going to be pretty enticing, I think, to trade back into the first round. Yep. You could go the twofer. You could go Marvin Harrison, Bo Nix, or you could go uh, Caleb Williams and trying to think, like, how many first-round wide receivers are there going to be? Maybe five? You could like, maybe
2: grab uh, – neighbors will be gone within probably, the yeah, top he'll, 8 he'll be gone. Maybe- maybe the other lsu wide yeah, receiver yeah like so
1: something like that okay like i could start start to you know talk myself into that some sort of combo there but you yeah. need to address it with your first two picks i don't want another draft where they went defense 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 or they went you know offensive line defense mm-hmm. defense defense like a lot i don't of people want that. want that the defense 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 is insane no oh, all defense nah. defense you they need want... lot, like you need a lot of things right like that's the thing and usually when uh it's always comical where the teams at the top of the draft when you're sitting there watching it, and they got the Mel Kuipers like team needs, mm-hmm. like last year the Patriots could have like fallen off the page. It was like every single position they needed, and you can only draft one player at a time. Unfortunately, they don't let you run up there and take all your picks at once. Now that yeah, like uh, we have 11 picks, we want these guys. Sorry, that's that's not how it works, Rich. <laughs> I was
2: thinking of you Sunday, in terms of this was a nice little crossover comment from someone in the lots before the game against the Chiefs. Uh, When discussing Bill Belichick, his future, do you want him to stick around? How would you like it to work? And one guy who had seen a couple games but wasn't exactly like a grizzled veteran of the Schaefer days said, Look, Belichick is still a great coach. He needs to have someone else step in for the GM. He said, uh, I love this line. He said, the Patriots next year just need to hit the Yahoo auto draft button. <laughs> Just let yeah, the computer available. take the best let, available.
1: Give me best available. Whatever you want. Whether it's uh, our, our friend at Walter Football, old yep. Walter there, or whether it's Todd McShay. Uh, our generation of football Mel, people. Daniel Jeremiah. Who's best yep. available? Take that guy.
2: Yeah. Take I that guy. That was perfect. Just turn That's on funny. Yahoo. Don't overthink yeah. it. You have enough needs at tackle
1: and linebacker. You get the first but, ever A-plus grade because be like, they took right. every best available every single time. Yeah, like, based on what the last five years have been, I don't see how that approach could be any worse. Like I, you, I I don't I don't either. Just okay. Well. We grab
2: the best receiver available. Next, we took the best quarterback available. Next, we took the that's best true. tight end available. Well, that's true. Find yourself a Sam Laporta. Find yourself a quarterback to develop. Get a brick wall of a left tackle yeah. to to build rebuild your line around. Like because no one on this line, maybe except for uh, So or Mafia, is going to yeah. be here next year. In my estimation,
1: so they are currently. Uh, Three and eleven, and tied with Arizona, at three and eleven. At least favorite band, yep. But yeah, <laughs> those Rastafarians. What are they doing <laughs> in, the, in Iowa, wherever the hell they're from? But uh, so he's three and eleven. Arizona's three and eleven. Carolina, after their win last week, is two and twelve. Uh, so if the Patriots lose out and Carolina wins one, I think you could get the first pick. It will come out and strength the schedule, and we'll see what that is in three weeks. But they have a shot the number one pick. But there's also the if Arizona loses out and New England wins that last game against the uh, New York Jets, or if they somehow beat Denver, they'd be uh, four wins. Washington is also, they've lost five straight. They're sitting there at four wins. They're super, they are super ungood. They are terrible. They, and their coach is Dunzo, Duns well, as They well. also kind of did it right. They traded their two best defensive players at the trade deadline, and they're like, let's go, let's see what happens. So yeah. my point is, I think they could draft as high as one, And maybe as low as four, right? Like, I think they're safe, though. Like, I don't, everybody else, starting with Chicago, both New York teams, it's five wins. So I don't think they're getting two more wins. So I think they're guaranteed a top four pick. However, in this year's draft, I think three is so important. And you could really make the case that the top two is where it's at if you're more of a traditional grab the quarterback guy.
2: Yeah. And everyone seems, it seems the one thing that there's some unanimity on is the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing. I I still think there are some other impact wide receivers that would be day one starters, uh, game changers, and would force defensive coordinators to finally think of the yeah. Patriots in a vertical contemporary capacity. But yeah, it's, uh, it's everybody
1: agrees how good he is, but not everybody agrees on like where to take him. Right, because like yeah, I would take them past three.
2: Oh, one, two, or I three. I would yeah. take
1: them one, which is nobody's saying that. So I'm the man, right? I'm mm-hmm. nobody's saying that. I think some would take them two, right? Like I think people who really have broken down Caleb Williams and Drake May, and if they really like one more than the other, maybe they would leapfrog the other one for Marvin Harrison. Uh, I don't think many have, but then you'll get you'll get left tackle people. The the dude from uh, what Notre Dame or the dude from Penn State, like you'll get yep. people talking tackles and, and mm-hmm. maybe say, hey. The wide receiver depth is usually pretty good in these drafts and try to get somebody else. I just think Harrison's better than everybody else, and I wouldn't want to mess it up. Like, if you get Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase is here, you get Jamar Chase. Or Justin Jefferson, even though I know he fell into the 20s, but still, like, that kind of player, like, get, get that guy. That far. It really is. And, like, a couple of receivers yeah. drafted ahead
2: of him. Yeah, like last Saturday, for example, the best week- the best game of Week 15 was Minnesota at Bengals to kick off the triple the triple header on Saturday. You had two backup quarterbacks. Why did they not look like backup quarterbacks, and why did they both statistically (laughs) have solid games? Because one was throwing to Jordan Addison and Justin Justin Jefferson, Jefferson. and the other backup was throwing to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase.
1: Like that T. Higgins touchdown, it was so insane, and like most times, like that guy either doesn't catch it or does catch it, gets tackled at the one, and then you hand it off to the running back, and that's a touchdown. Instead, Jake Browning gets a touchdown throw for that. Uh, Let's go to the phone, 617-779-7937. We're mixing in both Celtics from last night as well as the Patriots in these final three games. Let's go to uh, Bill in Georgetown. What's going on, Bill? Stage fright. Bill, 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 Bill. Bill, he he had a jet. Let's go to David in the car. What's up, David?
0: Hey,
1: good evening. Thank you for taking
3: the call. Hear me out, guys. If I'm the Patriots, I'm not drafting a quarterback. And here's why. You've drafted two quarterbacks in the past two years, three years, and it's a fail. It's a crapshoot when you draft a quarterback. You don't know. There's two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that I would do anything to trade for them. That's Drew Locke and Browning from the
1: Bengals. Jesus. Those
4: guys have shown that they can play in the NFL. They've,
1: like, shown two games. They're good. Like, barely. They've barely shown. Drew Locke's had a lot of chances. Trust trust me, as a guy who liked Drew Locke. I, I i'm happy for him it was a really cool it was, like legit was a cool post-game moment he and geno smith I think have a lot in common and like that's a great relationship and everything else but i'm not trading for drew lock i even joked the other day fitz i don't know if it was with you or with Hart. i'm like who's gonna be the guy that signs jake browning to a long extension that was Monday, that, yeah. yeah that that he signs and the team's like what the hell we signed this guy
2: yeah it's the matt castle deal where it's like oh yeah. look he was so good on the patriots last season and He'll be on franchise. Save. No, he's just he's good, nice guy. Yeah, had a good seat. Had a statistically ended up with an excellent season, but they're not franchise quarterbacks. They're no. products of the. They're they're good quarterbacks that are more in that Cam Newton. Pay attention, game manager G- mode. Well, and yeah. like where
1: he's like to say the draft is a crapshoot. Like yeah, of course. With Every everyone. sport it is. There's busts yeah. all over the all all over the the draft boards. You really
2: seen enough from Jake Browning or Drew yeah, Lock to think you'd trade for them as franchise QB? I mean, look, man. At the, at the, yeah. That Drew Lock pass. I heart and I were discussing uh the other day, uh, you know, what was the best pass of the weekend? Was it Joe Flacco on the run between like 18 defenders to Amari yeah. Cooper for that great touchdown? Was it uh Jake Browning to Tyler Boyd? Or was it Locke? And the answer, I think, has to be Locke because of where it was, the situation, yeah. the opponent, yeah. and with the game on the line. Like, did you ever expect him to thread that needle? No. To speaking of great Ohio State wide receivers, I think we saw the birth of Jackson Smith yeah. and Jigba a great as catch. a game-changing wide receiver Monday yeah. night as well, which could make Seattle dangerous one day.
1: And at the risk of just going through the standings and telling you who the quarterbacks are, when the, the guy says you can't draft, you don't want to draft quarterbacks. It's a crapshoot. It's also really the way to do it. Now, whether you draft him first overall, you hit on him at 15 overall, maybe you get a steal in the second round or something like that. But really across the board, once there's a good quarterback, they don't really become available. So if you look in the AFC, Lamar, Tua, Mahomes, Lawrence, Burrow, Josh Allen, all drafted by their teams. In the NFC, I know he was the dead last pick, but you got to th- take a stab. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, uh, Seven, Jalen Hurts, all drafted by their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a couple of trades, right? Like there are examples of like, you know, the Rams going out there and trading for uh, Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. right? So like there are a few other ways of, of doing it. But for the most part, I mean, the franchise quarterbacks are drafted by their teams. Because he yeah. sounded like don't draft one at all. Because if was going to lump Bailey Zappi into his equation of, hey, drafted two in the last three years. It's like, I wouldn't be opposed to them drafting two this year. Go, go like the Washington did years ago when they drafted RG3 gonna and say, Kirk Cousins. I was just going to say, RG3
2: and Kirk Cousins was one of the greatest yeah. ideas because the other guy got hurt, the other and then the fourth rounder ends up playing longer it's, and is still playing at a high level, save for the Achilles injury this I year. I think
1: teams are afraid to do it because I understand you can only play the one, and yet you'll draft multiple guys at other positions when – Hey, only two running backs really play. Well, you just drafted two and you already have two on your roster, so why would you draft two? Like that So if you're doing that at lesser positions, I don't see why you wouldn't do it at quarterback. The Packers did it years ago. I remember they drafted and this was I think backing up either Rodgers or maybe Favre at the end. It was Brian Brom in the, like the second round who sucked and then Matt Flynn in the 7th round wasn't bad. Same draft. Ended up you got something for him, you were able to yeah, so anyway, that's uh that's my take on that. We'll get to your calls here coming up. We're going to mix in uh, Celtics and Patriots here. I uh, will also try to find a winner. I've been on an absolute uh, ice-cold streak, so I am desperate for a winner. Our bet du jour is next here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI.
0: You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash bostonweei and check out WEI on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of The Rich Keefe Show on WEI.
1: It's Christmas time and I know that I Got a touch of inspiration and I can't lose. All the little tykes want the dolls and bikes, but I got a gift for you. It ain't Tinker toy. Back here on the Rich Keep Show, W-E-E-I with Fitzy. And uh, Stiz, tell us about this song here. This is uh, from a feature film that featured yourself. Your yeah, that's right. This is uh, this is called Have I Got a
3: Gift for You by Patrick Stump, who's the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. And it was off the soundtrack to Black Friday. Yes, I love that it.
1: I was also in. Thank uh, you. I love it. Yeah, all good. Very, very good. You can join us here, 617 779 7937 7 uh let's do a quick bet du jour before we get to the calls. So uh, it is not a Monday or a Thursday night. There's no primetime football. So whatever you have, basketball, hockey, as long as it is a winner. Uh, Stiz, do you have a winner for us here tonight? No. Can you go? I will go yeah, first. Yeah, absolutely. First. So late tonight, Celtics play in another one of these 10 o'clock games, taking on the Kings. And last night, Derek White had 30 points. Tonight, no Jason Tatum, no Al Horford. No Murder Cornet, for whatever that's worth. But no Tatum and no Horford. Derek White's over-under is only 17 and a half. Ooh. So I'm How taking much? 17 and a half. Oh, get,
3: he might have that the in the over. first half.
1: Because I thought Jalen. I was looking at Jalen Brown's over right away, but his was more like 27 and a half, which is also a possibility without Tatum. I mean, he hit it last night. But I would, uh, yeah, I'm taking Derek White over 17 and a half. That's, that's my bet du jour. Uh, Fitzy, what do you have? Uh, I, I didn't go pro- the propositional route, although oh good. Um,
2: I was thinking, uh, with no, uh, <coughs> uh, in the Miami game. No, no, no. I oh. was actually looking at the Miami game tonight. I was thinking, um, uh, I was going to go the Tyler hero over, but I actually just went straight up a game pick. I'm going to take the Rockets at home. Okay. Giving three to the Hawks. Uh, I'm going to side with the. Ime Odoka defense to slow down and grind one out against the Hawks. And, hey, listen. He just I've got been... fined
1: again, I think, or for uh, complaining about the refs or something. Lo- yeah, he's uh, you know He does a great job,
2: man. He makes some curious decisions off the court. but He does. On that the court, team was
1: trash last year. <clears throat> he's yeah. got them in the playoffs right now. Or mm-hmm. the, as a play-in game, but still a playoff. playoff yeah, game. but
2: uh, Hero, if he was going to take a prop, I would have done uh, Tyler Hero right. over 21 points tonight with no Jimmy Buckets.
3: But uh, uh give me the Rockets. Minus mm-hmm. three against the Hawks. Stiz, what do you got? I'm going to keep it simple. Celtics money line, but I like the juice, plus
1: 130. Yeah, that's true. They're like a 3.00 underdogs. I think. So if you like them, take them on the old money line. All right, back to the horn we go. We got uh, Dan in Rhode Island. He joins us next. What's up, Dan?
4: Hey, uh, happy and such salutations here to both you guys. Yeah, uh, hey, you well, my man. Um, want to make a quick comparison on a point. Let's build Parcells. Hall of Fame coach, right? He's 82 right now. And he's, just say, let's pretend he's 72. Same age as Bill. Would you want him picking the groceries, doing everything nowadays? Like, if you had, if in the same situation, if he was up for hire? Uh,
1: I, uh, no, probably not. It's a rhetorical... Okay, that, <laughs> it's for the same reasons. I figured I would, I would throw back my answer. <laughs> I would say no. Uh, yeah, but go ahead.
4: You were the same way, Fitz?
2: Oh, 100 percent. You've Dan. You've probably heard me say it time and again. Bill the GM has damned Bill the coach, and that's where I think a lot of the criticism and the thing has come from.
4: But I, with the Parcells thing, is what I'm saying is like he builds a team. Belichick builds a team pretty much the way Parcells always had, and Parcells had success everywhere he went. The difference is is that the game isn't what you know the way he builds a team. Right. And I, I just think that, you know, it, it it just doesn't work. I mean, I'm just saying things that everybody already knows. But the other comparison is the Patriots are basically in smack dab where they were 30 years ago. We're now going to talk. This is Bledsoe and Myra, right? You got a new coach coming in, and you're going to have either number one or number two pick. You're pretty much in the same exact same scenario that you were back then. And, you know, both those guys, well, Myra stunk. Yeah, no, they
1: got that one,
4: one right. Yeah, they got better it right. than average, I guess, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, I think just yeah, I think this is a repeat all over again. But the difference is that the games change. And you gotta find the guy to get the groceries even more than the coach.
1: I agree. Yeah, that's another big part of it. And we yeah. we keep talking about the coach's history and the coach's uh future, but he's the one, you know, picking the players for the most part. I know he's gonna mm-hmm. Say oh yeah well macro and like oh we got a whole player personnel staff and whatever but we know Bill has final say and that one like I don't know what the right answer is like I know they need a new quarterback I personally think they need a new coach they definitely need a new GM but I don't have the candidates there I can give you five six coaches that I like I can give you five six mm-hmm. quarterbacks that I like I don't really know on the on the GM side of it but i'll tell you what whoever the coach is i hope those two are very much in line like you don't want one of those things where those two have opposite philosophies and then you're then you're really porked
2: yeah uh adam peters is the the hottest name right now he's john lynch's assistant in san francisco and hart had floated this idea that san francisco in effort to keep him may promote him from assistant gm to full GM, and then graduate John Lynch to the ever-nebulous president of football operations.
1: Right. Now, suddenly, GM is like a low-level job in all sports. Yeah. Right? Like, that used to be the one everybody wanted. Now, that. it's like, uh, you're really nothing uh, now. This
2: is our—we ex- have an executive yeah. s- chef, a chef uh, de cuisine, a sous chef.
1: Yeah, I understand they all do different things. Who cooked the food? That's brutal. All right, we'll continue with your Patriots thoughts here coming up. It's also a Would You Rather Wednesday. Got a bunch of questions, and Rob Bradford's going to join us. Around seven twenty or so to talk about the latest with Yamamoto. One hour down, three hours to go on the Rich Keith Show with Fitzy here on WEI.